Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Board Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Max Max Results Professional Fitness Training in Orlando, Florida. Hey, Max, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good, Hannah. How are you doing? I'm really good. I'm excited to have you on. Um, but before we dive into what you have going on and how you run Max Results Professional Fitness Training, please tell us how you got started in the industry in the first place. What led you to open the gym? Okay. Um, so I was a teacher. I was a school teacher for four years. Um, I taught one year of middle school, which is their that's complicated, right? They're, they're really not human. And then I taught three years of high school. And when I taught high school, I also uh, coached on the football team. I have a, uh, a football background uh, from University of Central Florida. So that was just, I just naturally gravitated, obviously, towards coaching football. Once that ended, I decided to get into personal training because it fulfilled a natural kind of desire in me. I'm a natural teacher, and I still take pride in in essentially teaching and coaching with my clients. Also, in so I was immediately in charge of the weight room of the high school kids, and I really loved that. We had a lot of success because the kids never had a real true strength and conditioning program, which I was able to implement. All right. And so once I got out of teaching, that, that filled that void. And I thought, all right, well, let me try personal training. And so I started doing that. But in the meantime, I had probably three or four other part-time jobs. Um, I worked retail. I I did uh, asphalt. Um, I worked other side jobs with my father-in-law. So anything and everything that I could do in order to just kind of keep the lights on and pay the bills, I was only, you know, I'd only been married for a few years and we had purchased a house. So I had to, I had to just make ends meet. And then, you know, along, along the way, you just kind of, you catch a good couple of breaks. And mm-hmm. so eventually, you know, one of the best things that ever happened was I, I quit. I quit my retail job because I was getting so busy doing personal training. It was kind of bittersweet because other people took really good care of me and, but I was busy enough. So I just, I dove headlong into personal training and got started back in 2010. And so I, I sat for my NSCA CPT certification so I got that. And then later on realized that, you know, I've got a college degree. So why don't I just go ahead and get my CSCS after that. And so now I'm um, and I've been doing it ever since, right? So I started bouncing around gym to gym. I started at LA Fitness. I think that's where every trend probably starts, or at least good, because you get to see the, the good parts and the bad parts of personal training. You get to see I think more importantly, you get together knock on on LA fitnesses or 24-hour fitnesses or things like that. The one 
that I was at just in particular was just not great. So I moved from there to another gym, kind of a small private studio. From there, bounced around the three, four, and then this is this was my fifth stop. Okay. Uh, yeah. So going back to that LA Fitness. So I started LA Fitness, and you get a chance to see kind of the the good and the the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? And so from LA Fitness, I moved about well I moved four more four more times the last one being opening up my own facility which that was um that was kind of crazy I and I'm proud of this in a certain way right I'm, I'm I'm proud of this because I had two kids and I had one more on the way and I was told actually this time in 2016 it was almost to the well maybe to the week of 2016 from the guy that I was with saying that all right you need you need to move on I can't have you here anymore um not that we were butting heads but it was just it just wasn't working it wasn't vibing as as great as he thought it was going to vibe um so I had two kids I was working. I still had to work full time for him and fulfill my obligation. And there's a train coming by. Hold on. That's the great part about my tip is that you get, I get to see all kinds of cool stuff. All right. Um, so where was I? Right. I had two kids. I had to fulfill that obligation and in the span of five weeks was able to do a complete install of my gym get all of my business things in order through the city the county and the state um, get everything delivered laid down the turf laid down the flooring got a few pieces in and I was able to open up January 2nd of 2017. Oh, nice. Okay so that leads me to our next question how would you describe results professional fitness training to someone who's never been in before what's kind of like your elevator pitch for the gym it's very family oriented i've got three kids and i know the importance of family and that's what it is um when somebody comes on board quickly surrounded by a lot of other fellow-minded people and really great people. I was just having a conversation with a client of mine. And I said, you know, that's the difference is here is that it's all about the clients. It's all about the people. I'm, I'm client centric. And, you know, when somebody new comes in about, um, you know, we can, we're just uh, introducing ourselves to each other. I, I let them know that my success is really predicated upon their success. And so vibe of the gym is everybody's kind of in it together, even though the model is, is not uh, group training, it's got that group training vibe to it. Um, it's not, so it's personal training, but it's, 
but it's semi-personal or semi-private rather. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's just more of a feel. It's a, it's a feel for it, right? That um, I, I love, uh, I love when, if you, you still there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, I got you. So I just love when a new person comes in and gets to meet other people and everybody clicks right away. And what's really fun is that nobody really wants to see other people slack off, right? So even though you're doing your own thing, you know, you are, you're with other people. So that's great. Yeah, definitely that group aspect or that semi-private definitely keeps everyone like accountable to each other. Like you don't want to be the one person slacking off, you know, so definitely helps to be in a group setting or a semi-private setting for sure. So how many members um, are you currently serving? I don't know the exact number. We're probably right around 45. Okay, sweet, sweet. And then is 45 somewhere that you're like happy with? Are you looking to grow, get more in the door? How is that process? I've got a lot of long-term clients. So my growth has been very slow and steady. It's, I've grown consistently since I hired my other trainer, which, you know, he's been able to take on a lot of responsibility. And for some reason, I don't know if it was because I hired another trainer or I was more available, or I, I, th I just think it's, I've been in the business for so long and I've been in one town for so long, you know, in 10 years, I think inevitably you're going to get, you know, one or two degrees of anybody else that's coming into the gym, right? So I, I spend zero dollars on marketing. Um, I, I don't run, Instagram or Facebook ads, right? So it is truly organic. Uh, and so as far as the growth, it's just been slow and steady. And I'm happy. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not crazy busy. We still have a little bit of freedom. So, you know, as far as growth goes, you know, I mentioned this to you before. I don't have a, a scale mindset. I'm not trying to outgrow my facility. I'm not trying to move into a larger facility. I'm not trying to open up a second facility, even though there's been plenty of opportunities and people that have pushed that, that avenue. Gotcha. What would you say is like the biggest way that whenever you open the gym, you got the word out, um, the facility being there and you got got those first clients in that really started the word of mouth train how would you say that you you got your first you know few clients in the door when you opened well I already had a, a large client base um, I already had probably 20 mm, I don't know 15 to 20 people so it wasn't like I was struggling right out of the get-go um, I was able to self-finance I didn't take out any loans so you know the the gym it's i don't have any problem sharing this but the gym itself is liquid um i've got no debt surrounding my facility anything that i need or purchase uh i've got capital to do that so 
it wasn't like I was starting right away. It wasn't, I've, I've seen other, I've had other friends and other colleagues that either, you know, they open up another gym or they open up a gym or, uh, you know, a CrossFit gym, something like that. And so this, they've got a mile long checklist of all the things to do as far as opening up and maintaining a business, getting clients, uh, advertising and leads, because really for them, it's a numbers game. It's never really been a numbers game for me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good, you know, where I'm at. So it was never, it was never a struggle. I think the biggest struggle for me, for me right now is, uh, is not financially. It's more accounting wise, you know, so I'm getting to the point where it's like, now I need an accountant to help me. Definitely. Yeah. I want to ask you that, like as a business owner, what all are you doing? Because I know you, you train during the day, obviously, what else do you have on your plate as a business owner? So, uh, the other trainer, actually, I put it off, I put it on his plate. <laughs> so he does, a he does the monthly, uh, an Excel program with all the clients and whether or not they're paid up. And so I just kind of backtrack on that. I have an automated billing system where I can just go online or check the spreadsheet and make sure everybody's paid up how much, how much is coming in. Uh, so it's, it's pretty simple that way. I'm not asking for money every month. And the few people that do pay in check or cash, they're few and far between. And, and generally those people, I don't even have to remind them. They just bring in money. So I'm, like I said, I'm lucky. I, I get it. I'm not, um, <laughs> I'm not asking for money every month. Uh, I'm not on top of people. I'm, it's hard enough for me to just kind of stay on top of myself. So as far as things on my plate, clean, you know, I got to make sure I, I've got a cleaning service, but they don't do a great like bang job. So I have to kind of clean certain parts of the gym, which I don't mind. It's a little relaxing for me to spend an hour in vacuuming. I know it's not worth my time. I get it. I've had other trainer friends of mine like, Oh, well, you know, you're spending an hour vacuuming. Uh, there's so many other things you'd be doing in that hour to make sure that you're monetizing every mortal second of your day. And it's like, you know, you know, turn on the vacuum and vacuuming for an hour can be a little relaxing when all day, every day is loud music, weights clanging around, bumping the floor. Just the, the steady drone of an hour long vacuum can be really relaxing. Absolutely. You need like a reset time, <laughs> especially when around those like loud weights and everything so many hours of the day um so how many hours per week are you clients then how many hours a week i don't know i've never really added it up um I, i'm just here i just enjoy being here um <laughs> sometimes my wife is like you enjoy you would rather be at the gym than be with your family i don't know if that's true but i can understand where she's coming from with that because I just, I like being here. So usually, you know, a typical day is I've got my long days that I've already scheduled out. I've got my shorter days, right? So on my longer days, it's from 6 a.m. till 7, 7.30, right? And then my shorter days is 6 a.m. or sometimes 7 a.m. I can, sometimes I get lucky. Sometimes I, I get really lucky and I get to sleep in till, uh, till 6, which is great. Um, so in early days, like, all right, I'll be home at, you know, five, five thirty, six, something like that. Okay. Not too bad. So is that something that you see yourself doing long-term? Like you, as a trainer, are you looking to scale back your training hours and hire more help? Where do you kind of see yourself in the future? 
Well, again, I don't know because I, I really enjoy doing what I do. I think a lot of trainers get into training because they're really good at working out and they can tolerate certain people. Uh, and, and maybe they get so busy, maybe they, may, maybe they do burnout. I've never, I mean, there's certain times of the year, like coming up on vacation, like summer holiday. Yeah, sure. I know I'm going to take a two week break and I'll get a little case of senioritis. Like I'm ready. I'm kind of checked out the week before, um, you know, that I think that happens, you know, it can happen during the holidays and that's okay. I think that's a natural ebb and flow of being surrounded by people every day. But the way I see it is I just really love doing what I doing what I do. Um, and that keeps me grounded. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know if I am going to or will need to hire more trainers because of the people when they sign up, they like, they want to come train me, right? They want to train Max. That's where they hear about it. You know, their friends or, you know, they tell, oh yeah, go train with Max. It's great. Oh, okay, great. Cool. So they come on board and then they want to train with me. And I get that. I get that the conundrum is training because people just want you and you alone putting the the trust in a person that's under you you were talking about eventually hiring someone under you or another person under you i guess i have a i have a question what made you hire the trainer you have under you now like what led you to to bring on another person for those afternoons okay yeah so see that's a really good question right mm -hmm. i didn't seek my trainer, Joe, I, I didn't seek anybody out. I wasn't hiring. I didn't put up a job listing. He came to me from another gym and he was like, Hey, it's just not working at the other place. Do you mind if I hang out here for a while? And I was like, yeah, sure. You can hang out. Uh, and he's like, well, what do you want me to do? And I was like, well, I don't know. Just, uh, just load weights. Um, he's like, oh, okay, cool. And so, you know, a few weeks went by and I, and I, and I was like, well, how about I start paying you? And, and um, and he's like, yeah, well, that, that'd be, that'd be cool. Cause I don't have a whole lot of money. Okay, cool. So I started paying him and then, and that just kind of progressed to him having more responsibility. And again, it was all organic. We didn't, I didn't have this like business plan and sit down. Sure. That, that might've been a better idea, but you know, I didn't have a, uh, an onboarding, an employee onboarding notebook of roles and responsibilities um, we didn't have a, a terrible time of communicating. All right, what are you going to do every day? It just kind of happened because, and, I, and again, I got lucky, right? Because A, he was in the military. B, he had some other experience at the University of South Carolina uh, as a GA, right? So he kind of knew the game. His training modality was very similar to mine. He has a CSCS. Um, so it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was hiring somebody that didn't know what they're doing. Hold on train. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, as far as hiring somebody, it just, it just happened. And I, <laughs> it's, it's really funny, right? Like, um, all my life, I've been a very, very patient person yeah. from anything, buying a car, buying a house, deciding while we're waiting to make a decision 
and maybe that's a strength and maybe that's not, maybe it's a weakness. I don't know, but, uh, I've, I've just been a very patient person and I got really lucky. Right. So I wasn't looking for somebody that perfect person found me. Yeah. That's, that sounds like a very rare case of like things just are organically kind of unfolding for you. Extremely rare. That's a unique situation to be in. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Listen, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure all these other gym owners can be like, "Who the hell is this guy? This guy is just not interesting at all." Because there's, I mean, listen, I did have to grind. I grind. I grinded for three years, full stop. Um, I don't know how many hours a week, but you know, thirteen hour days, fourteen hour days by myself. You know, I grinded. Um, and I think opening a gym in five weeks while working a full-time job, having two kids, um, and, and somehow finding the time to do an install and, you know, do all the, uh, the legal stuff at opening a gym in five weeks. I think it's pretty remarkable. Other than that, I'm, I'm really not all that remarkable. <laughs> no, I think that's great. That shows like a powerful Ethic matched with maybe a little bit of like universe luck but still like you would not have gotten any of the opportunities that came your way put in that hard work on the front end work multiple part-time jobs put your time in you know training other places so no definitely discredit you that's amazing like you worked hard to get to this spot so I think that's incredible um okay so thanks, Anna. no go ahead what'd you say I said thanks Anna you're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> what, would you tell someone who, what would you tell someone who wants to open their own gym? Like maybe they're, they're starting tomorrow. What's something that you wish you would have known when you decided five years ago to, to start this, this business? Holy crap. Um, <laughs> man, that's a really, I don't know. That's a really, it's a really tricky question. So one of my clients is really funny. One of my clients, he graduated, he just graduated from UCF and he graduated with a degree in microbiology. And so he was going to go into pharmacology. And then he comes up to me one day, he's like, Hey, I want to be a trainer like you. I'm like, why? Yeah. I was like, why would you want to do that? You are, you know, why don't you use your degree to, yeah. So one of my clients, he came up to me and he just graduated from UCF with a degree in microbiology. He was going to go into pharmacology. Right. And uh, I was like, well, what are you going to do after you graduate? And he's like, well, I think I want to be a trainer. And I, and I, and I asked, I was like, why? <laughs> why, why do you, you want to be a trainer? And uh, he was just like, I don't know. I just, I love, I love it in here. I love the, the gym atmosphere. I love helping people. And that's, that's cool. So I don't, man, I don't know how to answer that question, Hannah, of like, what would I tell somebody? Because I told him, I said, look, you're not going to make a whole lot of money. You have to understand that you're not going to make money for at least maybe five years. Um, but I wasn't a good, like I wasn't making a living, right. Um, just kind of surviving. And so I actually just was kind of trying to turn him off from the whole training thing because he's a brilliant kid. He's so smart. Um, and obviously with his education, he's got so much other opportunity. 
in the meantime, he's started to work for a larger gym in another little town that's outside of where he comes here. I mean, he still comes here, um, but he's, he's doing it. He's, he's having fun. So what would I say to somebody? I would say, I would say to be patient. I would say to be patient. If you're going to do it, do it, go all in and be prepared to grind uh, and be prepared to grind without making a whole lot of money. Perfect your skill, hone it, go to conferences, read, read studies, learn how to train people, read a lot of books on how to talk to people, um, how to uh, read a lot of books on um, maybe not even business stuff, because I think that can all be learned in the process. So the way that you are, uh, it, the way that you are and your interactions with your people day to day is going to be different than the way that I am and the way that my other trainer is. Look at it this way. I've got three kids, right? My oldest was here first. My second one had to compete with the oldest. Now my third had to compete with both of the other ones. Okay. And then the other ones had to compete with the baby, right? So What's interesting is that not one of my three kids, even though it's me and my wife, none of my three kids have the same, uh, have the same type of upbringing, only because there's a dynamic between each child at each phase of their life. So inherently, I'm going to be kind of different towards my oldest, my middle, and my youngest. And they're going to see a difference between me and my wife and the experiences and the interactions between each one of them, right? So the, I think that, like I said, there's, there's no, there's a good, there's a right way and a wrong way, but there's no set playbook. You just have to find your own, whether whatever your style is, as long as you're, your authentic self people are going to see that and they're going to value that and they're going to respect that but if you try to be somebody else you try to be another fitness person then it's just not going to work right because people are going to see right through that yeah yeah i agree with everything you said you know find find who you are and hone in on that and not don't try and be anybody else um because yeah there's a lot of personal trainers out there so you really have to be unique in order to to stand out in the industry now because there's a lot of trainers out there now. Yeah, I, I mean, there are. What's interesting, I was just having a conversation with another trainer. She's up in Toronto. And um, I, I said, I, I asked her, I go, you know, did it seem like seven years ago there were a lot more trainers? Like there were a lot more people that wanted to be trainers? And she agreed with me. And it's, I think, I think COVID had a lot to do with that. I think the people that are the gyms that are still successful and the trainers that are still successful, we found a way to survive, right? And here goes, okay, this is interesting because where my gym is located, I'll try to describe it to you. It's in a warehouse. It's a nice warehouse. We've got 24 hour security, but it's definitely a warehouse. I'm not retail. Okay. So I don't have storefront. Does that hurt me because I don't have retail storefront space where somebody I can get walk-bys and walk-ins? 
yeah, maybe. But at the same time, I'm private. I'm really private. I'm really exclusive. Not only that, but during COVID, hopefully I don't get in trouble for this. I'm like, I don't want any, I don't want any, but I'm in Florida. Nah, I'm in Florida. I'm good. I can say this out loud. Uh, <laughs> um, I flew under the radar. I, I literally, I closed for a month and all of my clients were like, yo, we need to get back to the gym. We're all going crazy. And I'm like, all right, fine. We're all going to, I agree with you. I'm also going crazy. Um, and so after a month, I opened up my doors. Now I did it safely. I only let two people in at the same, at the same time. And we kind of kept our distance, but that lasted literally for three weeks. And then everybody was in and high-fiving and hand slapping and, and just like getting after it. Right. Um, like as if COVID never happened. So that's, that's the thing about, you know, just owning a gym. You just have to own wherever, wherever you are, you got to own it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely find like your niche and really stick to it. And that's what people know you for. But yeah, I feel like we needed fitness then more than ever. So that's good that you, you were a place for people to still get their exercise in and prioritize their health. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was needed. I think, I think it was needed more. It, what was, what was really crappy is that we were non-essential, mm. but we needed, we needed our communities more during that time than ever before. And I had, and my heart just broke every day when I heard about other gyms and other trainers struggling here obviously but just in the rest of the country man my heart just broke because I realized how really lucky I got with my clients um, and their willingness and, and really eagerness to get back into the gym because I mean, it was tough, man. It was tough on everybody. They couldn't go to work. They were stuck at home. The only place where they could go was a liquor store or Costco or Walmart. You know, it's like, and so to be able to have a gym that was open and, and for my community to be able to come in and see everybody that they were, that they were just kind of grown accustomed to seeing on the days when they could come in was so beneficial. It's indescribable. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, that's really our purpose then. And now it's just being a place for people to join a community and feel part of something and also improve their health. So that's why I love talking to gym owners. We're all doing that out there. So I really appreciate your time today. Um, before we sign off, um, please tell everyone where we can find you. What's your social media? What's your website? Where can we look you up? Okay. Yeah. Social media, max results, PFT. M-A-X-R-E-S-U-L-T-S-P-F-T. P as in Paul, F as in Frank, T as in Tom, right? That's on Instagram, I think, maybe Facebook. And then same thing for the website. It's maxresultspft.com. Where else? All my other, I got no secrets. All the other stuff that you can, that you can find me. I'm in Orlando. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Max, for your time today. I really appreciate your contribution to the podcast. Um, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord. Thank you for listening to this interview, but 
Don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show is Dan from Tactical Fitness in West Des Moines, Iowa. Welcome to the show, Dan. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to have you here today to learn more about, you know, your gym business. But before we dive into, you know, the nitty gritty, you know, what is the overall vision that you have for your business long term? Sure. Uh, so we started this company. Our goal initially was to help veterans like ourselves uh, deal with uh, trauma, PTSD, uh, alcoholism, substance abuse, anything like that. Um, and that ultimately obviously expanded uh, into helping outside of the veteran population as well. Um, but I think ultimately one of our biggest kind of long-term things that we want to be at is we want to continue how we're moving. But we do want to move into that nonprofit side of working specifically with veterans. So, Okay. So started with veterans and then, you know, transition to offering more to different people. And then you eventually want to become more of a nonprofit for the veterans. I love that. We want a nonprofit arm, not just be a nonprofit. So, okay. Okay. Awesome. So, you know, right now for the listeners, like, why don't you give them your elevator pitch? So what, you know, services do you provide and um, yeah, what does that look like? Sure. Uh, so tactical fitness is what we call the hardcore lifestyle change facility. We don't, uh, we don't mess around. Um, you come in, you're going to get your hardcore workout. You're going to get your yoga. We're going to, we're going to yell. We're going to scream. We're going to have fun while we do it but you're going to work harder than you will at say going to one of those box gyms and working with somebody who's just going to help you get to your goals where our goal is to break you past your mental barriers yep. and push you harder than you've ever been pushed. I love that. So, you know, what kind of services do you provide to your members? Like, you know, group classes, PT, and what kind of, uh, you know, like niche is that, you know, like sure. yoga, so, cause you do do yoga. So. We do. Uh, so my partner is the yoga instructor. She's phenomenal. Um, our niche honestly is, a little bit of everything. So we started specifically with one-on-one. -on -one. Um, we've recently started breaking into group classes and private classes. So we also do, you know, private, small group uh, yoga and fitness. But um, I would say our niche is the people that um, don't feel comfortable being at a box gym just because they can't be themselves. Um, and, and we've noticed that with a lot of people, not just in the aspects of you know hey i'm i'm bigger so i don't really feel comfortable being in that um they want to drop an f-bomb when they lift and yell a lot and laugh and listen to dirty music so we're gonna we're gonna provide that to them yeah i love that that uh culture there it really um i mean yeah i love that it's, it's, i feel like i resonate you know with that well like when i'm in the gym over here at planet fitness i'm just like i can't do anything that i want to do right like i can't scream i can't you know, slam away or, you know, just cuss because, you know, internally that's what I really want to do. So I love that culture yeah. that you guys have there. Uh, so, you know, yoga and fitness, veterans, general population, you know, how, well, with all that being said, how many people are you currently serving, you know, among those two types of personas? 
Uh, so currently right now with our class clients and our individual clients, um, as well as just our strictly fitness, strictly yoga people, we're sitting around 20 to 25 people um, per week. Um, and that's fairly average for us right now. It is just myself and my partner. We don't have any other employees. So we only have a book. Okay. So 20 to 25 per week. So that's about you know, 200 people per month. And that's divided among the fitness place and the yoga studio. Yes. Awesome. Cool. So, you know, looking for the long term, is that somewhere you both want to stay at? Or do you want to, you know, gradually increase that number or bring in some, you know, like trainers to increase the business there? Um, both. Uh, so we obviously want to increase those numbers. The more we increase those numbers, the big, bigger the business can get. Yeah. Uh, obviously, once we hit a certain point, we would have to bring in more trainers, have more, another yoga instructor. We just, uh, at some point we have to sleep. So, um, exactly. and I already can't always be on the clock, everything louder. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, obviously, yes, we do, would have to bring in some more people and we have, um, started kind of that process a little bit, kind of putting feelers out for another trainer and another yoga instructor. Um, however, uh, right now we could handle on our own about 10 to 15 more individual clients. So, okay. Awesome. So that actually kind of like leads me right into my next question, you know, what are you currently doing right now at this moment to aid in that growth process when it comes to marketing channels? Um, we are very, very uh, DIY and guerrilla marketing. Uh, we love the, yes, I mean, we obviously do the Facebook, you know, big, you know, ads, everything else, um, whatever we can put money, throw money at, but we love the guerrilla marketing style. So we're boots on ground. I'm, I'm out meeting people, marketing with biz other businesses. Um, Word of mouth is huge for us. Yep. Uh, the people that, uh, uh, the best way we say it is the people that love us, love us. The people that hate us, hate us. Yeah. And there's no in between. So the people that love us are the ones bringing their friends and shoving other people that they know into our faces that we can get more, um, which is phenomenal for us. It's wonderful. We, we've built a real community family out of this. Uh, so a lot of word of mouth, uh, for us, but that gorilla on ground business to business marketing. So I'm, I'm at least three to five hours a week. I'm out in the city finding businesses I can partner with and anything else. Okay. I love that. So it's like a very strong, you know, emphasis for the connection side of, you know, business in terms of your clients and to going out to, you know, different businesses and trying to build those partnerships there. I, I love that. And, you know, the best part about that is that there's no money that's involved. It's only time. So, I mean, that's the best part is it's free, right? Exactly. So, you know, in terms of the, you know, paid advertising side, you mentioned you do do Facebook. So do you do that like on Instagram as well? Or what does that look like for you guys? We have learned for us um, on our side, we do have Instagram. Um, we're not as active on it. Right. Um, our Instagram reach is a little more on the national side. So we don't, get as much of that whereas our facebook reach is pretty much local yeah so we're able to really hone down and get the people that we need to reach for it um we had some national clients where we were doing some online training for a while but right now we don't have any of that um so instagram we use it more just cross posting mm -hmm. if we post something to facebook that is an ad we will go ahead and throw the money at instagram just so it's done but we don't really focus on the instagram side of marketing Okay, cool. So, you know, with the Facebook, um, so obviously you do organic and you do paid. So I'm curious, do you outsource that to a third party agency or do you handle all that marketing in house? Everything is us. Um, every Facebook post, every, every, 
everything, I, uh, TikTok, everything that we do is all done by ourselves. Um, my partner's wonderful at it. Uh, usually once, once to twice a month, she'll sit down for five, six hours and schedule out posts for the entire month. Um, and then anything doing else doing the post. boring work of the yes. marketing side, right? Exactly. So everything is fairly, it's, it's all on us. Um, we do have friends that occasionally will, you know, help us with it, but really it's, it's pretty much everything ground up that we do here is hundred percent. on us. That's awesome. I love that. So, you know, with the Facebook, you know, advertising, I'm curious for, you know, myself and the listeners, how many people does that normally bring in, you know, per week for your facility in terms of leads? I will say that we have seen both positive and negative success on that. I, I, I don't look at there being like, it's a failure. It's, it's, I call it a negative success. Like we maybe we didn't get somebody in the door from a specific ad, but it reached 5,000 people. Yeah. So to me, that's still, hey, they're seeing our stuff. So that's still a success in my book um, as opposed to a failure. But I would say our bigger ads that aside from our Black Friday, which we really just kind of did a, a more of a sale version, uh, most of our fun ads that we've put out that we've had to kind of tone down our style for, but uh, usually between one and two um, new people have brought in. Um, so the money that we spend is definitely a decent return on investment for it. So awesome. Cool. So, you know, one to two new people, or is that like new leads or like members? What does that look like for you guys? I, I will say new leads. Um, they don't always sign but I get somebody in the door, um, whether it be just a, the first, my first time is a sit down meeting anyway, just to go yeah. over medical history, goals, everything yeah. else. So I usually get one to two people in the door for every major Facebook ad that we do. Um, maybe one of those sign. And if one sign that's return for us, yep. if two sign, that's phenomenal. That's, that's great. Phenomenal. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So let's just say someone does see a Facebook ad or they come across your facility, you know, from a referral, what does the process look like from cold lead or maybe warmed up lead into new paying member? What does that sales process look like for you guys? For us, we're very laid back with it. So I do have, obviously, I mean, we go through the park queue, we go through a goals assessment, everything else. Um, we have to make sure that we're right for the client. We're very big on the idea that not every trainer is going to be right for every person. So we've definitely have, other um, trainers in our pocket that I will send people to if need be, but they come in, uh, we sit down, we go over that park queue, we go over the real quick goals assessment, make sure we're, you know, that all side fits. And then we kind of get a little more into the fun conversation where I want to know about that client. I want to know who they are, what they want, not just the, oh, I want to lose weight, but I want to know why. I want to know, you know, what, how much, I, everything. I, I want to know their full reason behind it. Um, at that point, we will go over our pricing. Um, a lot of times it's customized to the client. So we have base prices, but we are able to kind of play around with those. Let's say the client wants a little more or a little less than what we normally offer. We able to kind of fix that up or down for them. Um, and then we just kind of go through the studio like okay here's what your first workout's going to be so let's get this paperwork signed and let's get to it so. okay that's awesome so you know you sit down with this new you know lead you ask some questions get to know them a little bit more and then you know you really get deep dive you know like deep nitty-gritty of who they are what they want then you prescribe them you know the solution to their problem and it isn't a one you know size fits all i love that I love that approach because, you know, you'll be able to bring more profit. And if you're able to customize it to the yes. certain persona, right? 
Um, so I'm curious, you know, who handles that process? Is it more of you or more of your partner? Uh, primarily, that would be me. I, I'm so I kind of look at it, and we've kind of really found a good way to split the business up. But I'm a I'm the one in the office every day, so yeah. I'm here, you know, 12 to 15 hours a day every day. Um, so I'm the one that usually handles that, unless it's a specific yoga client. Um, I handle all the intakes, all the paperwork, take down all the notes, and then her and I have a meeting uh, usually every evening to say, hey, this is what, you know, came in today. This is what didn't. Uh, this is the new client that, you know, here's what they need to work. Um, so primarily, that would be me. My partner is phenomenal at it. She has sat in on some of these, especially with some of the clients that have had more on the, you know, medical and stretching issues that we've worked with. Um, that way, we can work together to find the right balance that we need. Um, but I will say that I'm I'm the one here, so she's she's very very involved in the process and helped me come up with everything. But I kind of okay. So you're mainly like the business guy, so to say, yes. inside the business, right? And she's more of the you know training and and more of the outside the business, right? She does all the pretty much runs the social media almost 100. Yeah. percent She uh, is the CFO. She runs our bank accounts because I'm not to be trusted with that. Yeah. So I hand, let her handle it. Um, uh, and she's honestly, of all the yoga stuff that I've messed with, she's by far the best yoga instructor I've ever met. So um, so she does a lot of that. And she's also probably of the two of us, the most personable one. Yeah. So she kind of, if it were up to me, she'd be the one giving this, talking to you because she's way more uh, talkative and fun than I am. So yeah. No worries there. Uh, I feel the same. I'm not as talkative, but I love being here, you know, talking to like, you know, to gym owners like yourself. So I'm curious, you know, looking in the future, do you want to be the guy who handles the sales process or do you want to eventually delegate that to, you know, let's just say a salesperson or another trainer who may come in in the future? That's actually a good question. Just because uh, before we started this, I was at a big box gym in sales. Um, they didn't want to make okay. me a trainer at the time. So I hated that because my trainers didn't get hands on the clients that I was selling them. Yeah. So for me as the trainer, I want to be the one doing that um, yeah. because that gives me the first face to the client right off the bat. If I had another trainer in here, I would let them handle the sales process for the clients they're going to take on. Um, I think that if we don't start to finish with the client, then there's, we're losing something. So yeah, there's, there's a piece yeah, of information. Yeah. It's kind of like a lack of trust, I would say, if like, okay, let's just say there's like one, like, you know, like one salesperson in the business and there's multiple trainers and the salesperson sells them on a program, but they're not training them. You know, it, it feels a little awkward, maybe, you know, like a little yeah. awkward because the trainer isn't the person who asked them questions and got extremely detailed in their personal life about what they're struggling with. So yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, yeah. I'm curious, you know, with your business right now, you know, have you guys done anything to bring in, you know, trainers or more staff? Like, what does that process look like for you two? We are, so how, when we started this business, it was initially her and I, um, and we have talked about bringing on, you know, independent contractors or whatever else to be trainers here. Um, and that's kind of the, the direction that we're leaning more towards is, somebody who works for themselves, but under our umbrella. Um, but we're also extremely picky. And I think that's because we're so protective of this. 
Yeah. We don't want someone in here that, you know, isn't going to follow the same philosophy and the same uh, ideals that we have. Um, and then on top of that is, you know, we're obviously, we're both military veterans. So wanting to hire another military veteran, mm. um, you know, give, find a vet who needs a job, that kind of idea too. Um, so we're very, very picky. We have talked about it and it is on our list because, you know, we need a vacation occasionally, if yeah. nothing else. hundred um, percent. We are humans at the end of the day. We're not robots. Yeah. So it, it is something that's been talked about and we, we do have an application pulled up. Um, and print it out and ready to go. Um, we just haven't, I, I, I think it's my own anxiety about bringing somebody on that is stopping me right now. Um, I would love to bring somebody on just to be able to take a day off. Yeah. But um, if it has to be the right person. Yeah. And I think that's our biggest hang up is we'd be afraid that the person that we hire is not um, in the long run and somebody's going to stick around. Uh, so it is something that we want to do. Um, but I, I believe that for our business right now, um, it is, I don't want to say backburnered, but it is not the number one priority. I mean, okay. we, we are allowed to be a little picky with it because this is our baby. We started this, we put our blood, sweat, and tears in. Basically it. your child in the making. Yeah. You could not I mean, we, risk it. I, I kind of tell everybody, like when we moved into the space that we're in now, I spent a month airing out a floor and putting in new flooring by myself. I didn't have anybody coming in to help with tearing it out. So it was just backbreaking labor for a month, ripping out old tiles and everything else. I did that. I didn't, you know, hire somebody. I have people that have come in and help me install floor and do electric who've been phenomenal with us and a bunch of other construction stuff that I have no clue what I'm doing. But we've put everything into this. And I think bringing somebody else into that is like giving away part of ourselves right now. Yeah, and you got to make sure that the person that you do bring in is, you know, a qualified person that, yes. you know, not only is a great employee, but who buys into your culture and to, yes. you know, the dream and the mission of the company. Because if you don't have that culture fit, then it brings a lot of complications yes. really quickly. Exactly. Um, we are very, very, very big on the not... I always tell you know, friends of mine that ask is, you know, you need a trainer that is not just a trainer because Iowa has no law saying you have to be certified to be a trainer. Oh, so okay. interesting. Yeah. To me, it's certified and insured are two things you have to have. Yeah. So it's, there's no way around that. So obviously someone certified first and then not just certified, but if you look behind me, that's all my certification. The whole wall of certifications and specialists yeah. there. I see that. So it's, not just certified. I want you beyond certified. Like what else do you know? What can you bring to the table that maybe I can't get? Yeah, exactly. Like how much, how much value can you bring to my business and to the client so that, you know, you provide the best service possible, you know, to make sure that my business looks good. Exactly. And that's the other thing too. And that's why we were kind of looking at the independent contractor side, because at that point it's, Hey, how much value you bring it in? Because what you make is your money. Yeah. Like you, I'm not going to cap you. I'm not paying you hourly. However many you bring in is your money. So what can you bring to this? Exactly. So. Yeah. It's, it's really all about the value exchange there in business, exactly. you know? Um, so, you know, one of my last questions here for you looking into the long term. So whether that be five, 10 years from now, what is the ultimate goal in terms of your business? Like where do you want your business to be like five to 10 years from now? Ideal situation. So we have actually had extensive conversations about this and we have like our short term, our midterm and our long, like long, long term. 
And our long, long term, our ultimate goal, uh, one of my, our biggest things that we push is Spartan Racing. So uh, we want to actually open essentially a fitness compound. So yeah. we want to buy like 30, 40 acres of land, uh, put a 5 to 10K obstacle course on it, uh, a fitness, a gym, a huge yoga studio. Um, and then I want to have a separate building where I could rotate in uh, mental health uh, professionals, uh, physical, physical therapists, um, other people that can help my athletes kind of move forward um, and essentially have people that want to come out and, you know, obviously the normal training, but offer things like, you know, one week and two week boot camps where you actually stay on ground and work for two straight weeks. Um, that's kind of the big ultimate multi 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 million dollar idea that we have so yeah i love that that is extremely ambitious and and you said 30 to 40 acres of land is that correct that'd be our goal dang i love that dan so i'm curious here you know last question what is the main thing holding you back from you know achieving that large goal <laughs> i mean obviously money i mean it's it's really just that we've we've got the the write-up we've got everything kind of pretty much at the point where we're like hey let's do it um it's money i mean we're looking at you know a 50 to 60 million dollar if not more uh ambitious idea um we do have talked to people who are interested as as investors and in something like that but obviously you want to see a little more time under us yeah. um we you have some ideas yeah we have some ideas under our belt to help us get there like we want to open a 24-hour um pretty much non-manned gym um, where people can just go in, get the exact same workout you can with me. I'd put in workouts every day that are there um, up on digital screens. Um, and you can go in, get your workout, scan in, scan out. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have other things. We want to hire somebody to go back to do our mobile training. Um, that, that would be their focus. Um, so we kind of have step-by-step step to get to that huge thing that we ultimately want to do. I love that, Dan. That is awesome to hear and i'm glad that you guys are you know taking the action to really think about it because some people they don't think about it and it's just like you know <laughs> kind of like a pipe dream so i love yeah. that um you know last thing here what are your social medias what's your website so the listeners can find you awesome so our website is tacticalfitness515.com um, and you can also find us tactical fitness 515 on instagram facebook and tiktok our tiktok is not for marketing it's just for fun a um, bunch of silly crap on there that we probably shouldn't put out, but, um, but yeah, please do find us on social media and find us online. Uh, shoot us a message. We actually just like talking to people too. So occasionally when I'm sitting here doing paperwork, the, the break is kind of nice just to chat with somebody. So. Yeah. Awesome. Dan, thank you for sharing those. And I want to thank you for, you know, taking the time out of your day to be on the podcast because my pleasure. listeners would extract a lot of value from this conversation. Um, and to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and the, hit the like and the subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. 
Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Leslie and Wendy of Moxie Fitness coming to you from West Virginia. Guys, how are you today? What's going on? Hey, Joe. Nice to see you. Thanks for having us on. We're great. I'm excited to have you guys here. I, I'm excited to dive into this. Leslie, Wendy, and I got a chance to, to jam a little bit before starting this recording. And so I have a pretty good idea of what the business is. But for the people listening, guys, I'm a big believer in context. Moxie Fitness, for the people who aren't familiar with the brand or with the two of you, how do you describe this studio and this business? What do you tell people? Well, Moxie is almost like um, its own life or its own entity because mostly Moxie has created its own community. We, we definitely believe that it's way bigger than Leslie and Wendy at this point. Moxie is its own life and has its own people and its own vibe, really. And I believe that most people, when they come in, they find a place where they find support and they find welcoming and then they find that they they just build from there. They get inspired and they they plug in. They meet each other. Mm-hmm. They people kind of gobble each other up when there's someone new that comes in. So, I think that that's really the basis of what Moxie is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's it's a a community within itself. Take us to the origin of this, guys. Tell me a little bit about how all of this came to be. What was going on? When did the idea sprout? And, and when did we actually get doors open? That's a really good story, I think. Um, so back in 2017, um, I was looking for a job. And um, my background is nursing. And so... Um, we had recently moved to this area, which was about 30 minutes away from where I previously lived. And then I'd also taught a bunch of different fitness classes at a studio um, in a town about 30 minutes away. So I had a lot of fitness certifications. Um, I watched somebody run a business, a friend, and, um, and then my kids were grown and I was like, it's time for me to work. Um, ready to go. So in, um, in, in that time period, I started applying for jobs as a nurse, but then also I was looking, um, I decided to start looking for a space. So whichever got me first, somebody contacted me, contacting me about a nursing job or a studio space that I could afford. 
Um, my husband and I decided that this, we have an amount of money, we will invest um, and do this together. Um, and we will, whatever comes first. So we found a space um, that came first before the nursing job offers. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so I found a little space and I just had a TRX bar, um, Matt Pilates. Matt Pilates was uh, a Pilates certification, um, which I, well, my passion was more Pilates. That's why I named it Pilates Plus. So I really um, liked Pilates principles. I thought Pilates was good for everybody. And basically I took the Pilates principles and used that for bar classes and TRX as well. So um, it was just me um, and did that for, um, opened in 2017, like in a set, August or September. And it just had one room that was 900 square feet. Um, that was it, a little rectangle room and um, did it and uh, taught classes and people actually came. Um, there was also, which I knew in the area because when I moved to our area, there was nothing, there was some yoga, that's it. Um, mm -hmm. And um, there needed to be more. Um, and I also asked other businesses around, I asked them to hire me as an instructor. <laughs> I said, please, please, I'll teach classes, and, but they didn't want to, so I opened my own business. Yeah, and so here we are, right? Mm -hmm. I can do it myself, and I'm going to do it better than everybody else. I love it. Right. When, when was it that we officially opened the doors? Um, uh, September of 2017. Got it. And... Mm -hmm four plus five plus years mm -hmm. later mm -hmm. we're still here right something must have gone right in that time guys i'm sure that we're at least slightly more knowledgeable as business people today than we were september of 17 is that right yes 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 we have learned one or two things at least along the way in in that tenure and then this is for both of you guys feel free mm -hmm. what's been your favorite part about operating your own business like this and what's been the toughest part about operating your own business like this <laughs> it's so definitely the favorite part is the creativity and the ingenuity the fact that we can we can apply what we've learned in new and creative ways and we actually affect change we see that in our in people that come to moxie we see their faces we see themselves in their whole wellness um, but also on the business side there's a lot of creativity that goes on where we create different workshops or different ideas different um, out of the box notions and for us even as partners when we we move to a bigger location, obviously that's a huge jump and it's a, a huge idea of looking fear in the face and knowing that you creatively can cr make this happen, that if we build it, they will come idea. Um, yeah. I, I would say that that for me is sustaining and, mm -hmm. and keeps yeah. me coming back, keeps me ready for the next day. Yeah, yeah. And so flip that around for me guys, what was the, the toughest part of this? Oh, understanding business. The ugly parts of business. We do not have business yeah. backgrounds. And um, I went to, I was like, can I do this? There was a free class offered on starting uh -huh. your own business. 
um, somewhere and I signed up for it. And I was like, okay, okay. And then um, they gave me a business coach. It was the small business development. Um, I don't, I don't know the SBCD um, or DC something. And it's like a women building yeah. business. There's a bunch of different things you can, and, you can get out there. And they yeah. helped, they helped me. And, um, and then I learned, I learned a lot of things along the way, but actually the business part is, I love it. I love the business part. Yeah. I like looking at the analytics. I like, um, I like doing QuickBooks. Uh, mm -hmm. I like uh, See why I we're good that. partners. It's that. coming She's together. So <laughs> yes, and I, I mean, like, I'm like, you know, on it every day with looking at the sales and, you know, um, and wanting, you know, us to just succeed. Um, and we work very hard, as you know, to, and, to succeed. And well together. Yeah. There is one thing that Wendy said to me right away, and she said, we are already established. We are steady, and we are steady in our home life. We're steady in our community at this point. And so we aren't gonna have a lot of the issues that other partners are gonna have. And that was entirely true and, mm -hmm. and remains true. Mm -hmm. It's that idea that when you come from that stable base, you are able to, to grow, and you're able to mm -hmm. spread your wings and do more. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that growth, because I think, the, the majority of people tune into this podcast to hear about how other examples, other gym owners within the industry are growing from a membership standpoint or simply from a customers, people that are paying us to do business standpoint. What's worked for you guys from a marketing idea, from a framework of how do we get people through the doors in the first place? So far, at least what's been successful for you? Um, the first thing, um, we had a website, um, and I felt like the website needed to be, uh, professionally done. Um, so that was the first thing. And then, you know, it's evolved over time. And then, um, I wanted to also be on a platform, like a, a well-known platform. So that's why we chose MindBody. Um, and, it's user friendly and it's worldwide. Um, we could advertise there. Um, we live in a small town, so word of mouth is huge. And then basically social media is all is is mainly what we've done. We've done recently some Google ads. Mm -hmm. um, okay. In the last probably six months was the first time probably. I know. Yeah. Um, uh, the yeah. word of mouth. So new is, ventures nonetheless. And, and we're getting... Mm -hmm a variety of sources, which I think is important. Yes. Marketing is more toolkit yes. than single tool for the Correct. Exactly. Correct. Yes. And what's and your experience been with the ads so far? That's an interesting standpoint. I think our industry really, really mm. hesitates to go down that road. So what's, what's your perspective? So where we live is, is a little bit more of a, a small town community. So we feel like we get a lot of personal touch so that it's unusual for us to think about the google ads just 
because we know they're effective, but we also know that we stand in the grocery store and, and people ask us about Moxie all the time. Like we, yeah. there isn't a party I go to or a dinner that we are at that somebody doesn't come up and ask or talk to me about Moxie or grab a friend and come over. So it's, it's a bit of patience in there. You know, that doesn't come day one. Your reputation comes over time. Um, mm -hmm. So there's some of that. And then um, the, then from there, we stand in that confidence and putting the ads out there. I think we, we the, believe in what we're doing the, and we the see ads that come did. back. They, they yeah. had a lot of traffic, um, the Google ads. I mean, there were a lot of people visiting our website. Um, so I think it kind of bumped us up a little bit. And, we, and I, I assume the goal of running any kind of ads is to get new members, right? We're not just yes. running ads for awareness, right? We want it to translate to sales. Yes. Right. At some yes. point. right. So why I, did you I guys feel... pick Google? Well, as opposed to um, Facebook or Instagram or whatever other. Well, oh, we've, done, we've done that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've done that too. I we see. just thought it would reach a, maybe a broader market. I don't know, uh, but that would okay. be a great question for Haley, our studio manager. <laughs> Next time. Yes. We'll save that for next <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. Anyway. So we build events or different things through Facebook or we'll boost Facebook quite a bit. Um, yes. And then okay. we'll utilize that. And so that's probably a better answer to that idea of the personal touch where maybe someone in our in our um, network shares it and someone else will see it. Yes. Got it. Everything contributes. Now, like we mentioned, guys, we want it to, to translate into new members more so than just likes or comments on Facebook, when somebody reaches out, regardless of where we find them, grocery store, Google ad, whatever the source, what happens for that person to eventually become a member? What is that sales process actually entail? Mm. So if somebody reaches out to us, um, if they give us a call, which they don't always do, um, uh, they, they might just go to our website or they call us or send us a mess instant message um, and they would buy an, what is called a new client special which has been amazing we do two weeks for twenty dollars and they can try as many as one class a day, 14 classes one class a day if they want to for um, two weeks but that does not include reformer we are we do offer pilates reformer intro session which is one class for ten dollars so that kind of gets people in the door, but we do the full two weeks because there we have so many different classes and we want people to try each class and see different instructors and stuff like that. So yeah. once they do that, then the new client special expires and we send them a personal text and, um, and offer them the membership. They can click on it easily, do it themselves, or a lot of times we offer to do that for them. Um, we try to do everything we can um, personally um, if people want us to do it like that. We will have tried to have met them or have other instructors have met that, that person throughout that timeline and have already talked with them too. So you're kind of building that connection and building that, that inspiration to join. Yeah. Why did you guys choose the, the $20 amount? What, what factored into that? 
remember. My the initial yoga studio that I I started at and learned a great deal from. Yeah. Um, we, that was thirty dollars from thirty days, and that was enough time that people. Um, I don't know. We felt like the two weeks was a better catch. Like we were able to get them in. We have so many different offerings. It felt better to diversify and get the 14 days going and catch them right then and talk about the next step. You're able to try every class at that point if you wanted to, you know, for the most part. So, mm -hmm. so that felt right to us. Sure. Okay. Initially. So, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, initially, I did three classes for $30. And I mean, and we just had a small, smaller amount of offerings. So um, I don't know what, at what point um, the two weeks for 20 came, but it, it, I mean, it does, it does get people in the door more so they can see what we're about. And that's, they, once, you know, just bringing them in the door, we, that brings them in the door and it's really cheap. Yeah. And so do we, let me think of how I want to phrase this question. Do we track the, the conversion from 14 day trial to now full-time member? How successful has that been? You betcha, Joe. Goodness. So <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. definitely, um, we see that the most. I would say that we see them come in and then become a member. Sometimes they might do a class pass. It's very, I have to say, it's pretty rare at this point that somebody comes in for two weeks and we don't see them again. There's usually, we do, or there's a little gap and then they're back. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. I see. Okay. And so, I mean, the the true battle in all of this is probably, at least as I see it, going to be in retention. I would assume that you guys want to keep these people around as long as possible and not just kind of hamster wheel on the front end. What do you as a business focus on to keep your members members? I think what's relationships. Mm -hmm. um, and we yeah. evolve with their needs. We were talking about this today. Mm -hmm. We we started Moxie during the middle of COVID. So obviously things were a little topsy-turvy. Um, and we learned right away that you have to listen to what the people need. Like the school systems changed, the hours changed that the person needs to come in. Like we had to change our early morning class timeline several different times over the past two years to accommodate what people really needed and to keep um, to keep the majority in a place where they were able to, to get what they were looking for. And then we recognize as well when certain classes are working or when people are asking for more of something. Yeah. I think we're very approachable and we're, you know, we're small enough that we are. And Leslie and I are teaching all the time. So um, we, and we want to teach all the time, but they, um, people like to talk to us about different things after class and, um, and we listen. Got it. Okay. And so, guys, our, our conversation, for the most part, has been, where do we get leads from? How do we turn them into members? How do we keep them long term? We've been doing this for five years now. Five years from now, where do we want to see this whole thing? Mm. What's the goal? For me, it's about leaving a legacy because there, there will be... there. I hope that there is this place for wellness in our, in Taze Valley, in our little community for, 
a good long time, longer than I'm here. So um, I hope to see it evolve in Echelon, maybe grow one more studio room is something I really have on my mind. And then also um, teaching to continue to um, find ways to teach more um, to our instructors, give our instructors more gifts in, in that realm as well. Do you think that'll result in construction in the current location or a second location or a different bigger location? I think um, there's probably another area in the current location if we ended up wanting to do that um, uh, in five years. Um, I think there's room to grow. Um, I think there's also room to grow if we want to ex expand um, to another area. Um, it would be in it. And, but I do think, you know, we have always said Moxie is bigger than Leslie and Wendy. Um, it will. And when I started Pilates Plus initially, I, you know, it was so small that, and it was just beginning, I guess, but now we are a part of the community here. So Moxie will live on after Wendy and Leslie can no longer teach or, um, <laughs> or I don't know, I feel like we'll teach something forever. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, as our children grow and we're grandparents and whatever, you know, so, uh, but Moxie yeah. will always live on and Moxie can expand. It's just how much do, do we want to work? How much do we want to work? That's the fun and, part. That's yeah. The, yeah. the true kicker here yes. is entrepreneurship is a fun question because you guys get to make the rules. You guys get to answer that question. Right. Growth is in the cards. How much growth to be determined, maybe. Mm -hmm. In the pursuit of that, guys, and, and this is the last question I have for you and we're running okay. a bit shy on time, but in the pursuit right. of that, what do you think is going to be the biggest hurdle or what do you think would possibly prevent you guys from, from reaching this ultimate vision? The hurdle. Um, just, uh, I feel like just where we are in our personal lives. I think that would be the hurdle, um, where we are with our families. Um, uh, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, we are both hard workers. Our husbands are highly supportive of us. We have no children at home. Um, we could work day and night, and oftentimes we do. Um, but as goes small business. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, we live and breathe it. We live and breathe it. And, um, you know, it's not just a moxie minute, we call it. It's a moxie lot. I mean, every, I mean, we love it. So, um, that's just the, I think that's the biggest hurdle. Like our, yeah, there's no stopping until we want to stop. Really. That's good and bad, yeah. but you're hitting us at the yeah. right time of life. We're yeah, able so, to yeah. do this. We're able to put our all into it. Yeah. Um, yep. And, and, you know, we, we have a lot of focus. A lot of time. <laughs> we have time to do it. Guys. That's a tremendous place for us to start to wrap our conversation up. Um, but I want to save at least a minute or two here for you to be able to tell our listeners where they can learn more about Moxie. What's the best website? What's the best social media? All right. Come to Moxie Fitness WV 
at gmail.com. And that's an email. Yes. And then our website <laughs> is moxiefitnesswv.com. And then just follow us, um, Moxie Fitness, at Moxie Fitness on Instagram or um, Facebook. Mm-hmm. And you, you probably, there's a, there's, you probably have to put in location um, for that. Um, but that's the best way to find us. Connect with Wendy and Leslie on those platforms that they mentioned. Guys, this has been fun. I, I really enjoy this type of conversation and any kind of business owner willing to give a, a peek behind the scenes as to what actually happens is always welcome in my book. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you because it sounds like we still have some cards to be played. So for today, we're shy on time, but I wish you the best moving forward. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.